0: and welcome to the Quipster film review podcast. My name is Vince Leo, I'm the author of the film review website quipster.net. I invite you to check out over 4000 of my written reviews there anytime. quipster.net is where to go. Q W I P S T E R Dot net. I also want to remind you, if you haven't done so already, check out the 80s movie podcast that I do. It's called Around the World in 80s Movies, currently covering the Nightmare on Elm Street series. If you're interested in that, I do encourage you to check that out at atwmovies.com. You'll find out more details. Today we're going to be looking at the latest superhero film that's out in theaters. It's kind of a superhero movie. Maybe it's a supervillain movie or an anti-hero movie. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. It is based on a character that you would find in the pages of Spider-Man, usually, but this one doesn't have Spider-Man in it and doesn't even refer to Spider-Man at all. It is called Venom. It is a film that is starring Tom Hardy, Michelle Williams is also in it, Riz Ahmed, Jenny Slate, Reed Scott, Scott Hayes, and a few others. The director is Ruben Fleischer, and the screenplay is credited to Jeff Pinkner, Scott Rosenberg, and Kelly Marcel. Now, this one is set in San Francisco, not New York, like you would find usually with Spider-Man. We're following the exploits of this very scrappy and unscrupulous investigative reporter of some sort of notoriety, a man named Eddie Brock. He's played here with a lot of manic aggressiveness from Tom Hardy. Michelle Williams, as I mentioned, is also in the film. He's playing Eddie's fiance, at least at the outset of the film. She's the fiance, but she's this up-and-coming lawyer named Anne, and... Eddie's latest scoop takes him to a highly advanced biotech corporation called the Life Foundation that's run by this seemingly amoral founder and CEO called Carlton Drake, very much an Elon Musk, I guess, type that's played by Riz Ahmed. Eddie Brock is trying to get to the bottom of the unethical activities that are found at the Life Foundation, and he does end up landing this very big interview with the head, Drake. But Drake is very powerful in his influence against the actions that are taken by Eddie Brock, and that results in Eddie Brock losing his job. He also ends up losing his fiance because he stole the confidential information that he used for his scoop from her, and he also ends up losing his reputation. So things in his life seem like they're going to continue in this downward spiral, at least until there's an employee of the Life Foundation who ends up very disturbed by Drake's murderous tactics. He's taking homeless people and using them for these experiments where they end up unfortunately dying. She turns whistleblower. She allows Eddie Brock secret access to the laboratories there. And he inadvertently becomes the host for one of the very goo-like but very aggressive test alien symbiotes that they've had under wraps. The symbiote that attaches itself to Eddie Brock calls himself Venom. Eddie can use Venom to get his life back on track, all of the powers that he gains by having this alien symbiote that's controlling him, but the alien symbiote needs to feed on living things for them as an entity to sustain themselves, and that's something that even the morally troubled Eddie is not quite comfortable with. However, the symbiote is going to take to consuming Eddie's most vital organs if he doesn't get his fill elsewhere, so there's pressure there. And to make matters worse, Drake is out to snuff Eddie Brock out at any cost, and he has a lot of foot soldiers at his disposal to make sure that that job gets done. That's the basic plot of the film. You can really see where it's probably going to end up going within the first you know 15 or 20 minutes anyway. It's not going to pack a lot of Big surprises, other than maybe the tone of the film. This is not the first time that Venom has been on the big screen... If you've watched your Spider-Man films, you know that he did make a dubious debut in the third and the final of the Sam Raimi trilogy of Spider-Man films. That mostly awful Spider-Man 3, played by for Grace, very lackluster turn from him there. And and Venom would prove to be just one of three villains who vied for a very small amount of screen time in the end. So a lot of short shrift for Venom in his debut appearance in movies. Now, Venom was particularly unappealing in that film. Although he has been in comic book form a fan favorite otherwise. So there's still a lot of anticipation that the creators here, Marvel and Sony, might do the character right. If they could give the concept for the character his due with enough room to explore the character in full. And he gets his own movie here, no Spider-Man in sight. Certainly you're going to have nothing but Venom and some baddies in this movie. And I will say this from a personal standpoint. I'm a longtime Spider-Man fan. But I have to get a couple of things off my chest early on here in this review that did bother me about this interpretation of Venom to the big screen. And what I'm specifically talking about is that Eddie Brock's origins, as well as that of the alien symbiote, have nothing to do with Peter Parker or his costumed alter ego. And that is fine if you're going to do something completely divorced from the Spider-Man origin, then do so. However, the name of Venom itself, in the comic book form is specifically a reference to the bite of a spider. So if you're taking away Spider-Man from that, then it doesn't make any sense for him to call himself Venom, except for, hey, I think it's a cool name, I guess. The other thing that kind of bothered me about this film is that the look of Venom in comics is a representation of a very distorted and grotesque image of Spider-Man. Spider-Man wore this black costume that ended up being an alien symbiote. And then when he attached himself to Eddie Brock, it took form, looked like Spider-Man, but much more muscle-bound and grotesque and gnarly teeth, etc. He looks like that still. He doesn't have the spider insignia on his chest or anything like that, but he still looks like Spider-Man, and there's not really a discernible reason for that. So I guess you kind of have to go with the flow of this if they ever bring Spider-Man and Venom together in these films. it's going to be some explaining to do, I suppose. Now, although we see symbiotes multiple of them, actually very early in the film. It takes about half of the film altogether for one of them to make its way to Eddie Brock in order to finally see Venom in all his muscular and fanged and long tongue and oozing glory. The director here, Ruben Fleischer, he proved that he could balance comedy and horror right with his debut feature in Zombieland. He hasn't really lived up to that since then in his next two movies but this is the film that probably comes closest to the tone of that one. The film does move pretty fast, maybe a little bit too fast for a moment of reflection on the truly horrifying aspects of what's going on in the film. This really pulls a lot of punches in order to get a PG-13 entry. Fleischer has teased that there's going to be an R-rated version of it when it finally hits home video. We'll see what happens there. It leaves all of the potential for being truly unnerved by beheadings and disembowelings and venom chewing people's heads off, etc., Those are almost entirely off the screen. They're just referred to. They're glossed over for the next shiny object that'll keep your mind off of the truly grotesque visions, at least in your mind, of what might be happening. I would say if you're going to compare it to the comic book, it's going to be more comparable to an issue of the Ultimates line of Marvel Comics. Those are those non-canon versions of the superheroes where they had different origins, different characterizations, sometimes different races, sometimes different genders, Well-known superheroes here that get to shine without the need to worry about the current continuity of the regular Spider-Man comic book. So this is divorced from Spider-Man, at least for now. You just have to assume that Venom exists in his own little pocket universe. The screenplay is credited to Jeff Pinkner. Pinkner was the co-writer of, in film form, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. That was the end of the Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans. He also produced television shows like Alias and Fringe. That kind of made him famous there too. Scott Rosenberg is another screenwriter here. He did rewrites with Pinkner on a previous film, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. And not associated with those two is Kelly Marcel, who adapted the first of the Fifty Shades of Grey films to the big screen. Not really a big pedigree for great screenwriting here, I'm sorry to say. The film does play for a jocular tone, despite some horrific leanings in the storyline. It gets to the point where the Brock and Venom entity play more as a cute buddy movie mashup than anything that's truly scary. All of the actors here seem to be playing their roles as if these astonishingly novel concepts that are introduced, whether they're encountering alien life for the first time or in seeing people that are being impaled by Venom's tentacle-like outshoots, They don't have any trace of the kind of terror or the amazement or the mind-blowing awe on their face that surely would completely upend the town of San Francisco and maybe the world as a whole. Once you actually see those monstrosities spill out to the bustling streets, they kind of take it all in stride, which really kind of takes you out of this film to take it not seriously at all. Now, I like the lead actors of this film. However... I strongly dislike the roles that they're portraying here. Tom Hardy plays this very quippy and perpetual loser that comes across like a very beefy version of a typical Charlie Day type character. The growling voice of Venom, which is also voiced by Hardy, seems to leave more of a lasting impression than anything Eddie Brock ever does or says. And even though Hardy gives his part as Brock his all, scant though it may be, it just doesn't register as highly as you would expect. If you're a Hardy fan, though, you'll probably still enjoy seeing him kind of go full bore into this quirky character. Michelle Williams is in the film, so that really promises to bolster the acting department. She's a very talented actor. However, she gets a part that nearly any actress with even a tenth of her talent could have played just as well as her. There's nothing there for that character to really do or say for the most part. And the look of her, she's wearing this blonde wig and she seems more like a second tier Pepper Potts than anything that gives her much spark on her own to distinguish her from Potts. Riz Ahmed, although he is a charismatic presence, usually in films, he's not particularly engaging or as weighty as this heavy of the film. I really didn't find him that fascinating or interesting to follow whenever he was on the screen. And despite the rather uninspired and sometimes nonsensical storyline, Venom still does retain a very low-grade watchability throughout, at least thanks in part to Hardy's committed and manic performance, especially once he has another entity inside him that's trying to control the action. That's kind of where the fun starts to kick in. It gets a little bit of traction there. However, once you get into the third act of the film... We're left with a lot of CGI creations that are battling CGI creations, often very similar to the way that they look to each other, akin to a Transformers flick in the execution there, in ways in which it's really difficult to discern exactly what's happening on the screen anymore. It's dark and it's weird and it's murky and it's unappealing. Fleischer's film, unfortunately, for the last third of the film, sinks into the kind of morass of mediocrity that, at least up until then, he had been in a battle with succumbing to all along, but successfully just barely avoiding. So I would say, all things considered, Venom is not without some entertainment value, especially when you watch the tug-of-war that occurs between Eddie Brock and this homicidal alien who speaks to his worst instincts from within. However, it is a very silly film, and it's Often aesthetically and tonally repugnant for the two hours that we spend at the movies, and we don't really have a lot to show for our experience overall to take in. It's just kind of a time killer. I can't really say it's much more than that. And my experience was very much like the alien symbiotes within the film. I I took Venom in just like a symbiote. However, that symbiote did not take hold, and neither did Venom the movie, which leaves it flailing desperately for something to latch onto here and there, and it's. Unfortunately a mess when it can't find any solid attachment So I guess this is one mischievous parasitic endeavor that's meant for another host Just not for me So I'm going to give Venom two stars out of four. Two stars on my scale means that it's lacking something vital that would keep it from being the kind of movie that I would recommend to most people. That thing that it's lacking here is really a solid story, solid characters. Anything that would get us rooted into this story other than our attraction to the Venom character... Or in seeing Tom Hardy or Michelle Williams really deliver something that is notable in terms of performance. I think Tom Hardy fares a little bit better because he's delivering something kind of comical, which you don't always see. Michelle Williams, unfortunately, a tremendous actress, but still completely at waste here. I don't really like much of the supporting cast either, so I don't really have a lot to recommend for this film this, to me, seems much more in keeping with the kind of thing I would expect the DCEU to release than I would associate it with Marvel. So, you know, Marvel characters, DC characters, they all have the potential to be great, depending on who directs it. Unfortunately, what's delivered here is one of the weaker entries with the Marvel logo at the beginning of the film, probably the worst I've seen since X-Men Apocalypse. So that's why I give Venom two stars out of four. Thanks everyone for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the review. If you did, I do encourage you to click the subscribe button and you'll continue to get all of my reviews as they come out. If you want to write to me and tell me what you think of this film, you can do so by going to my website. You can leave a comment after my written review of this or you can look for the social media links and my email address at my website. Go to Quipster.net for all the details. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R dot net.